Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. So it's Monday, uh, first day of uh, apparently Governor Jay Inslee has uh, told us to stay at home. It is not a, uh, a, a shelter in place. It is a stay at home. So I feel like... Uh I feel like there's going to be a lot of these conversations. My name is Kevin Deers. I'm hanging out here on Monday evening. And on the phone right now is Alex Boston from a band called Graying, all the way in Spokane, Washington, the other side of the state. How's it going? It's going well, buddy. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I can't really complain. I'm just uh, having a pretty good evening. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just set up my uh, at-home podcasting equipment. Um, yeah, what's what's? Uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, I, I uh, how how's everything affecting you and your family, dude? Well, other than feeling super old about not being being able to figure out Skype and uh, video calling, because wow, what a what a difficult thing apparently for two people to do. Right, uh, we're pretty good. I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a working parent, and uh, my partner is, is a stay at home uh, caretaker. So our lives are pretty isolated, regardless of what we got going on. So yeah, we're doing we're doing well though. We're doing well. Um, yeah, I was I was texting my bandmates earlier tonight, and uh, I was jokingly talking about making bucket hats for us. And uh, our bassist replied with, "The governor shut down our band practice, I think." And I thought they were just roasting me, but yeah, it turned out it, was, it turned out it was the real thing. No, absolutely, man. You guys are um, you guys can't. Well, I guess I mean. I don't know. It depends. Do you want to get within six feet of some of those people? I mean, come on now. Let's keep our families safe, dude. This is, this is serious biz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two, two of us have kids, and uh, are, and three of us are married, and one of us is, uh, is a partner to a uh, healthcare worker, so it's probably, probably for the best right now just to keep our distance from one another. Exactly. Hey, and if you get the Skype or Zoom f- figured out, you guys can do practice via that. Just, you know how <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. How weird is it going to be for your daughter if she like walks, she like wakes up in the middle of the night and you're screaming at your phone? <laughs> you know, she really wouldn't be that like surprised by it. She she she's actually quite the entertainer already, surprisingly enough, at four years old. Yeah. So my question is, is like, so this is uh, unprecedented time that we're living in right now, and I've had a lot of conversations with my mom and. and 
and my sister and stuff like that. And um, I'm not a parent, but I'm wondering how do you handle it? Like with a kid, you don't want to scare the kid, but you also want to be truthful to him. Um, like, how do you handle it? What do you tell them specifically what's going on? Or you just kind of say like, hey, the world's a little crazy right now. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, we just try to be a hundred with her about anything in life, whether that's current events or like, you know, uh, she knows Donald Trump is the stink bug from a, from a book that she has. So she's she's you know she has questions about it, and uh, we just try to tell her like you know the whole idea behind CNN is just to. Uh, lessen the impact on the healthcare system and to keep people from getting sick they don't need to get sick and save she, grandma she seems yeah exactly she seems to be handling pretty well and I, I think you know a lot of people even our age didn't understand it's like it's not even about grandma it's about you you know like this this thing can have health effects on you whether you get sick, you know, and think that you're going to be fine, it can affect your health long after you you uh, recover from it. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, that's a really good point you have there. And and uh, how. Um but you, you guys. Uh, so you were mentioning how uh, I saw you post something on social media about how uh, you living in Spokane, living in kind of rural uh, area of Washington State. You, you were kind of making a joke about how you've always been socially isolated. Do you? Do you? Is there some truth to that? Do you uh, really think that you've? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I my parents uh, bought property out in the foothills of Mount Spokane when I was going into my second grade year, and uh, my my only sibling that I have is ten years older than I am. So I had a I had a lot of time. Just there, we didn't have neighbors. You know what I mean? Like the closest person to us was half a mile down the road. Yeah, and uh, they didn't have, they didn't have a kid I wanted to hang out with. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it's just like, uh, you know, I, I grew up a kind of socially, you know, closed off kid anyway. I, I liked my, my new metal music, and uh, that was my escape from the real, real world. And playing the bands kind of brought me out of my shell, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, my wife and I have both had multiple discussions about this point about, like, whether we need to have concerns or what we need to do or just take care of our regular grocery shopping. And yeah. Our life's just really aren't that different i mean we went out to a uh, a nature reserve the other day and she had some she was feeling a little bit guilty about it but like we just were so isolated from any other people at that point and it's like well that's the I, thing i understand yeah, I understand what we're going for here. But uh, like Jay Inslee said today, he said, you don't have to stay inside. You just have to not be yeah. in clusters of people. Yeah, and that that's good. I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, the work that I do, I uh, I just have long hours, and unfortunately, I, I end up catching up on the news a couple hours later after the fact. Well, you always have to stay up to date with, like, Tony Schiavone and, and uh, Bruce Pritchard, though, right? Oh yeah, well, I, I mean, I'd say I, I've got the NPR uh, podcast uh, going that's updated like every five minutes, but they don't really touch on Washington State all the time. So, uh, so uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this project that you have going on. Uh, you're in a band called Graying, and uh, first off, what what inspired the name? Uh, was it looking at your beard? Because I mean, I know you don't have gray hair; you are bald like I am. Was it looking at your beard? What was, what was the name of it? 
No, I mean, that was kind of the joke. Uh, it was just a, um, it was actually a song title that we just really liked, and uh, it was just very appropriate. And uh, we had a, three of us were in a band, uh, probably, oh, shoot, over a decade now. We're, we're getting old now, which is, yeah, kind of the joke. But uh, we were in a band called Behold, and we were just debating whether or not, you know, just if we wanted to call it that project or if we wanted to make something new and grand, yeah. just it was the most, it just fit. It was perfect. A, a lot of our band is just about going with what feels good and what feels right. And a lot of the things that have pushed us forward so far with what we've done have just been listening to what the universe wants us to do, you know? So my question is, is like, uh, you see, you were asking, like, should we just call it Behold? Like, so there was an actual idea of like maybe just continuing on. Is graying the logical like continuation of Behold in your opinion? I mean, yeah, it's definitely something we've talked about. Uh, When we first got together, it was three of us that had done that project: uh, Chris, Will, and myself. And uh, it just it had that same heart. It had that same drive it had that same spirit but but add 10 years you know you know 10 years of life 10 years of living 10 years of growing up and uh when we brought our friend jason in to play bass he's quite a few younger years younger than we are totally and he he went to the whole shows he he had an opinion in it and he just said outright like if you guys wanted to be called behold i i think you know people would want to hear those songs and my attitude is just like dude no thank you yeah. <laughs> i don't want to revisit that i just i just want to do the new stuff so that was that was the deal breaker right there well, let's we'll get to behold and we'll get to losing skin. Uh, I'm gonna have you on. Uh, this is gonna be a five hour podcast, um, and it's gonna be. Oh, a, oh yeah, of course, of course, it's super it, important. Yeah. This is like the shoot interview. Uh, you're the Rob Feinstein. Uh, yep. And yeah, I'd, I'd like to think I'd like to think I'm the Kevin Nash, and I have a fine mixture of red red wines to tell you about. And some pasta. Yes, exactly. And shake a bottle of uh, somas, and yeah, see who looks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from my uh, from my fanny pack, exactly. So we're we're doing some inside wrestling, uh, some some nerdy wrestling talk here. So this interview is actually going to be for the for the minutia for the really really uh, big time nerds. Not only are we going to be talking about underground music in the Northwest, underground uh, hardcore metal. We're going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about screen printing. We're going to talk about art. But uh, my question for you is a lot of us are going to be stuck inside, uh, and you mentioned that you are kind of a, a person that you're a socially distant person. Like you said that you like kind of that's by nature, how you, how you grew up. What, what are some, uh, some things that you would suggest for people like to keep their sanity? What are some, uh, some TV shows you would suggest to binge some of your favorite movies, maybe a couple records to revisit. Uh, what are some ways to, to keep yourselves occupied? Cause I know that there, you know, not everyone is an introvert. There's a lot of extroverts that are probably going crazy right now. What, what's something you would suggest? Yeah, man, you want to introvert? That's that's my life right there. I've got no problem with that. I I love being creative. That's been the one thing in my life that's a constant motivating factor for me. Whether that's writing music or performing music or screen printing or painting or drawing yeah. or doing yoga. I mean, hell, man, exercising. That's been my one big escape in my life. Just period in terms of like focusing my thought and collecting myself 
and uh, I just try to put that into everything else that I do. So I, I would suggest if you got Spotify, I'm right here with you. you make a playlist, make a mixtape, pretend that it's 1995, and uh, you got a friend at school that you want to impress with your fucking. I'm sorry if you don't want to. If you don't want to. Oh, it's all with, good. But, it's all good, dude. Uh, uh, if you got a friend you want to impress at school or a girl you want to, you know, ask on a date or something, just make something to pass the time, your favorite songs, and uh, switch it up, you know? Just do something different. If, you, uh, if you've if you got records, try listening to a record all the way through and uh, not get distracted by something on your phone or something around you. Just pay attention to it and uh, challenge yourself because I think uh, a, lot, a lot of people will find that's a lot more difficult than they realize. Alex, what was that? Sorry, I was I was looking on my phone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you have a good point, though, dude. And and uh, for all the wrestling nerds out there, name a match or uh, a pay per view to to deep dive into. What's something that you would go back and maybe just WWE Network, Independent Wrestling TV, or YouTube or something? Is there something that you would suggest yeah, to someone? I don't. I I won't give you a match. I won't give you an event. I will just give you a series. Go find. NWA on YouTube, National Wrestling Alliance, and watch every single episode of Power that they have out because with two R's, the best wrestling. Yes, uh, three three R's. Oh, sorry, bro. Sorry, sorry, bro. That is easily the best wrestling. If you just give it a chance, if you pay attention, if you don't get distracted, some of the uh, the matches can go one way or the other but what's important <laughs> is that uh, uh, it's just an entertaining show it's like it's like a it's like a super surreal uh, like variety show that you know Bob Barker's not there but uh, as you know the whole rest of the crew is it's, it's like a circus on TV it's wild dude it is really uh, it's it's uh, when I saw the set I was like is this a joke but then I watched it and uh it's it's fun, man. It's uh it's super promo heavy and the personalities. Like I feel like a lot of uh, people that are casual wrestling fans are kind of just see things and um they might even be more drawn to it because it's personality driven. It's like the old school Ric Flair promos, Dusty Rhodes promo style, and uh yeah, it's uh it's it's something interesting. So yeah, I, I understand everybody's got you know their flavor. You know, I I, I like AEW. I I, um, I still follow WWE, even though I don't. I haven't watched it in close to uh, probably a year regularly, man. Like I'll, I'll catch some of the pay per views here and there, but it has just not been something that I've wanted to give my time to. All right, Alex. I got it. <laughs> since uh, oh, you coughed. Are you okay? I, I'm I'm good. I'm so good. All right. Super good. All right, just checking in on my friend, dude. I know the cough is a is a sign. Uh, what, so no, I, I promise my cough is not sickness related. It's a smoker cough. Are you smoking the weed right now? Yeah, is this a, is this a Damian Abraham interview right now? Are you smoke taking a bong rip? You know, not currently. However, before I did start this, which may or may not have contributed, did not be able to figure out the fact. Or, or Zoom, yes, or Zoom. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Josephus is your man. And uh, oh man, he's great. He's, karate. He's a rock star. <laughs> uh, my question for you is: How do you feel about uh, WWE continuing on with WrestleMania with like the empty arena, empty uh, performance center? Is it going to be something you'll watch? Are you kind of morbidly perplexed by it? Are you interested in it, or is it just like unwatchable? Or what's your opinion on it, dude? 
I mean, I think the whole idea behind whether it's WWE or AEW doing the uh, the uh, interior the show they did last week or whenever you put this out, um, it makes me feel you know some degree of like normalcy. You know, it's kind of like an escape. So it's like on that on that hand, I I do appreciate it, but you know, it's I don't know. It's what side ass are you going to be on? You know, hopefully nobody is sick. Hopefully nobody. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Comes down with symptoms or, or spreads around the locker room. So it's like, obviously you wish for the best, but uh, I can't say that I'll be watching it live. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see what AEW does this week. I'm interested to see what some of the smaller promotions I've been watching are going to do as uh, as their taping schedules you know start to come up. But, uh, you know, the same, same thing as uh, this week. I, I wish I could go to band practice, but for, you know, better judgment, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep our distance. And, you know, I wish them well, but I'm not in that position. So I guess it's not my call to make, but I, I don't think I would be putting myself in their shoes personally. That's a good point, and uh, I listen to a lot of post wrestling and John Pollock and Wei Ting. They do. They have a lot of uh, interesting kind of uh, opinions about it, and and I take uh, what they say pretty seriously, and uh, at least their opinions on it. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm... I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a regular listener, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I agree with a lot of things they have to say. It's like it's just uh, like I said. You, you got to hopefully you're on the right side of history at the end of all this. So, uh, speaking of history, so you like that little segue, let's go a little bit uh, into your personal, like, musical history, man. Um, so you grew up in Spokane, is that right? Like, pretty much your entire life you grew up in Spokane, right? Born and raised. I grew up in a, uh, a, t- a part of town that uh, isn't uh, known to be the best called Hilliard. And okay. And I uh, finished finished first grade i moved out to the country and i grew up in the country ever since so uh what got you into music man at what age did you discover i I, like you said new metal or like what were you just listening to the like rock radio or what was the first band that yeah i mean i i grew up uh with parents that you know listened to a lot of music my mom loved uh funk and soul and jazz and Easy Rock and James Taylor and all that and pop music from the 80s and 90s and my dad was he's a rocker man through and through ACDC Jimi Hendrix <laughs> you know absolutely so I just I I, uh, I remember I stole uh, Van Halen for unlawful carnal knowledge when I was in sixth grade to listen on the CD player that I also snuck to school that yeah. my parents didn't know about so I could listen to him on the bus so I uh, I started listening to music that I guess uh, I thought was alternative, you know, when I was still <laughs> ten, nine or ten. Nine or ten and years then, yeah, uh, yeah. as I got yeah, as I got older, junior high, I uh, you know I started paying attention to all those really uh, emotional, deep with thought and uh, just well thought out bands like Went Biscuit, Ooh. Horned, and yeah. uh, you know just uh, just ran the gamut of all that in Lincoln, you know, Lincoln Park, System of Down, and I got a little bit older and figured out how to download music, and uh, I'd say from Autumn to Ashes and Converge and Glassjaw were my first like introductions to the uh, world of hardcore kind of shaped me into the person that I ended up being. And so what, uh, how did you find those bands? Was it like a thank you list or yeah. How'd you find those? Just, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm sure a lot of kids, uh, my age, I I was born in 86. Yeah. 
a lot of kids who were in their teens when I was probably posted on message boards just like me and yeah. went to their favorite band's websites and you kind of just pick it up through osmosis or people you know telling you to check it out and you know I, I my band was my bands were Mud Band and Slipknot I, those are like my, my favorite two new metal bands boom 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 did bury me uh, <laughs> no I and uh, yeah I just remember uh, this dude RJ I was buddies with uh uh, told me to check out uh, from on Ashes on a on a mundane message board. It's their uh, their first EP before uh, uh, before they uh, you know they sold out, bro. Pre too bad you're beautiful, Fada. Exactly. Holy crap, dude! You were you're old school FATA man. Damn, dude. You're legit. Yeah, dude, I bought Jane Doe the I bought Jane Doe the week that it came out. I was very excited about that CD. Hey, uh, a lot of people are, and that's that is one of that era that still holds holds a good place in like musical lore. And I feel like uh, just the amount of people that have that tattooed on their body is got to be uh, above at least probably fifteen hundred. What do you think? What if you were to guess how many people in the world have a Jane Doe tattoo somewhere on their body? What do you think the numbers around? There's 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 definitely. 1,499 other people other than me who have Jane Doe tattooed on their body because I also have Jane Doe <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Is it, uh... It, it, it's, on the, it's on the inside of my left forearm. It's, it's nice. just like part of a, a bigger piece. It's, uh, it's like the shading of a, of a skull I've got. I've got a lot of skulls. So well, okay. There's a lot of people I know have skulls. So do you have a heartogram? No, no heartograms. I wasn't, was never into him. But were you into BAM? Uh, I liked CK. I liked it. Here's the thing. You want to talk about being isolated and living in the country. Dude, when I figured out that I could download CKY on Morpheus or whatever the hell, yeah. you know, P2P sharing platform, CKY, CKY, CK, I watched those on repeat to death. So, yeah, I definitely... I definitely took a lot of those dudes, but uh, never never got into uh, a lot of music. You know, I did find Jimmy Border because of Dan, though. I will say Damn. that. In, yeah. Yeah, dude. Progenies, still hard. Uh, so, Alex, uh, you said you have a uh, Converge Jane Doe tattoo. What other band tattoos do you have? I know you're pretty much covered. You have a, a lot of tattoos all over your body. You're a freak. You're you're an alternative I mean, lifestyle I, individual. You have many pain stains. Put, Put on the spot. Uh, I can tell you. Let's count them. Got to kill your idols. Kill your idols tattoo. Um, and that might be it. I, other, other than the uh, the converge tattoo, I uh, I've got a lot of both. I've got a lot of you know stuff. I just think looks cool. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, no, outright outright band tattoos. I think that's just it. Kill your idols. Just a couple. Converge. So what was uh well we're skipping around here a lot but I I'm curious do you okay. oh my god you know what I forgot I'm on my Danzig skull yeah I got three damn all right I'm sorry about that there no it's all good dude we're we're skipping around here a lot but uh, you know I I haven't talked to you in a while you're also not just an interview subject but you're a good homie of mine so it's cool to talk to you on the on the uh, phone here you know formal setting but I gotta uh, ask a couple questions here uh, do you know do you recall how we met 
Um, I believe so. I think we met at our friend Annie's house. Yeah. For a, it was like a, it was like a big show weekend. It was. I think we were just. Uh, I think it, it, like there were like a bunch of bands over to go swimming at the lake, uh, at a, a river maybe or a creek, and uh, yeah, I, think I think we just were hanging out and we just started talking there. Yeah. So. Uh, that may have been the first time we met, but I was wondering if you recalled the first time we made initial contact via the internet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do, do I? So one day I log on to MySpace and I get a, a friend request from DSC. And I'm wondering. Oh no! Really? <laughs> I was wondering if you. Could... I, wa- I I wanted to I wanted to be known that I had no hand in this. <laughs> no hand in this. So absolutely no <laughs> hand in this. Is this a, is this off? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, well DSC was a MySpace hardcore crew. Uh, it was. Uh... Yes. Yes. <laughs> So Alex Boston uh, of of Graying has ties to a gang out of Spokane called DSC, uh, now disbanded the roughest crew of them all. Uh, what was DSC? Whoa, 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 whoa! When who whoever said disbanded? <laughs> oh, oh, you guys are still holding it down. <laughs> You know, all, all those dudes, even the ones that maybe I, I haven't talked to in a number of years, they're still good guys. They're, you know, it's just a group of friends. You just, you, you know how dumb teenagers are. Oh, absolutely. I just thought it was funny to bring that up. All right. Let, or, let, or young, 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 young 20-something. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I lived at a house called the uh, Bro Chateau, so I, I have no room to uh, there, funny. Oh, dude, man, I, I, heard, I heard about that place. Yeah, well... What was the first album you ever purchased on your own? Like CD, tape, cassette, uh, album? What was the first time, and I'm assuming it's probably at like Sam Goody or somewhere at the mall or Fred Meyer or something. What was the first uh, thing you purchased on your own with your own money, not given to you by like a cooler older brother or your parents or something? So I would say the first CD I ever bought in my life was Elton John. Yeah. And, uh I think it was the, uh, I remember the name of it. It had like a blue cover, something about the piano, man. I can't remember, man. Okay. But, uh, first, first CD I ever bought was Own John. Okay. And, uh, the first record I ever bought, like, you know, once I started finding music that was my thing, yeah. was, uh, The Promise, The Promise Believer. Uh, yeah. Red Vinyl. And, uh, actually, I just got it out the other day, a, uh, split seven inch by a band called Mannequin, which was band members of Page 99 after they broke up, and another man called Transistor Transistor. Yeah, uh, so, like, uh, that's an interesting transition there from Elton John to The Promise, dude. How'd you make that jo- oh, No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, what? So, you were talking about bands like Glassjaw and things that got you kind of into hardcore, like, um... Did you realize that there was like a hardcore scene, or was it just like cool music? Did you realize that? Did you know what you were like getting into, or uh, how how long did it take to to get that connection to you? I didn't understand what hardcore music was until the first time I went to a show in the town that I lived in, mm-hmm. because I feel like you know that's that's the best way to experience it. You go to a show. 
and you see it for yourself. And if you can hang with it, then go to the next one. If you can't, don't. And fortunately for me, the first show I went to was in the mid-2000s when Christian Hardcore was probably at its peak. Oh, yeah. Because I saw Norma Jean supporting Bless the Martyr yeah. after that 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 first dude quit the band, the mm-hmm. first vocalist, and mm-hmm. they, had that, that, they had that scab guy. And uh, I saw Norma Jean, The Agony Scene, Nodes Are NBA, Seven Star. Nice. Take it uh, back. Figure in Figure Four, which yep. is Figure Four and Norma Jean was why I was there. So and, hard. Uh, I I had never thought that that kind of thing would have existed in my little town, mm-hmm. but that show was packed and people were going eight and like, you know, it's the first time I saw hardcore dancing. It was the first time I was around moshing outside of, you know, bad, you know, Ozfest, want to be, you know, goth and metal kids. Sure, sure. You know, hanging out in the parking lot stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was just a life changing experience. Uh, I saw Norma Jean with it was it was Norma Jean at the Vera Project. It was Norma Jean, Me Without You, Beloved, and Himsa. Oh yeah, you know Beloved actually played that show too. Now that I think about it, man. First time I saw Himsa at uh, in Spokane was at this place called the Detour. Okay, and they they played with I think a band called All That Remains. I want to say yeah. And uh, they they packed the venue past fire code. Nice. And, uh, this kid ended ended up falling and like I think I think uh, breaking his knee or separating his knee or something. And the fire department had to come in and it was a it was a big deal, dude. But man, Enzo was wild. That was a, that was a great band to see back in the day. So um, you mentioned about hardcore dancing. So what was your first thought? Like legitimately, like you know, what, what did you oh, think? Dude, it, did you think day, it was I, stupid? I think, did you I think, think it was cool? I, I think it's the dumbest shit. To this day, I think it's the dumbest. Like, if it's your thing, you do your thing. But it's, it's not the thing. But you did it, right? You did it, right? I've done it occasionally in my life when I felt pressured to in my in my youth. Yes, yes. Okay, I so think we're all guilty of it. What was your finisher? I had none. Maybe that's why I didn't dig it. Maybe I just didn't have good enough moves. I can't. I can't really dance to begin with. So I mean, that might be part of it. Although I did listen to "Getting Even" by The Answer on repeat over and over and over to figure out how to two-step. So I will say that. Nice. So you actually legitimately like practice moshing, right? Uh, at one point, yeah. I mean, who hasn't? If you're uh, if you're a dumb, young, angry male who's into hardcore punk and he's still late teens and early twenties, uh, did you ever? You got to Hey, you know what? That's a great way to pass the time. Let's be real. That's like, true. If you're in your if you're in your living room right now, you know, just make some space. I remember being back on Live Journal, you know, way back in the day, being parts of uh, hardcore groups, and uh, yeah, that being a thing that people would post themselves. Hardcore dancing in like their parents' living room with all their like doilies and okay. china on the walls. So that's something we we highly encourage uh, for you to do. But I have a question because it is something that I uh, I actually used to do, and this is this is cringe, but it's early two thousand. There you go. This is cringe. No, I, I have something even cringier. So we used to do the stoplight mosh, where we would stop at a stoplight and people would get out of our car and we would play like uh, you know we would uh, jump around and and uh, we would all get out of the car and and do hardcore dancing. What would you do it to? to Shattered Rome. Oh my god, dude! I downloaded this a video. Up. This I, is I, an up. MP4. 
I downloaded an MP4 of people doing it to perseverance in a variety yes. of spaces, including running around the cards and then yeah, the we, internet is so Yeah, we used to uh, – so it was like the fire drill. You would get out of the car, and we would all go into different spots or whatever, and we would play listen to Shattered Realm, This Is a War You Cannot Win, or Throwdown. Definitely a lot of Throwdown. Yeah, just yeah, going crazy during the breakdown, exactly. All right, so uh, did you ever own a Castro hat? Military hat? Yeah, military hat. Multiple, man. Black and army green. Nice. So we're really going down yeah. the rabbit hole here on the on the uh, what were the what were the local bands for you guys? Because uh, what were what were some badass like Spokane? You know whether they were like metalcore, punk, indie. What was some stuff you grew up on? Because I know you know obviously there's bands here from Western Washington that used to come out to your uh, scene, but I know you guys have your own thing going. Uh, what are some other bands uh, out? out there i know ron gardapi used to talk about um r.i.p ron gardapi i know he used to talk about um some you know spokane hardcore bands and spokane punk bands that you guys have your own scene yeah man you know i maybe it goes with being uh, an introvert and, and kind of growing up just being into uh, my own things but it's like being into new metal and being into classic rock and all that i i really liked a lot of the uh early 2000s like screamo bands like i i loved robotic empire and level plane and no idea records so a lot of the bands that i saw live locally were you know semi poor representations of that yeah you know small venues uh my life with the spaniard was uh was a local band that was probably one of my favorite bands to see uh i uh there was another group called the awesome miami that was far from being uh, the uh, most talented group of musicians, but their their shows were parties. Uh, I uh, you know I got into some metalcore locally. Uh, the the, uh, the Midnight Society. Uh, they were in another band called Barely Burning before that. Uh, uh, you know I'm trying to think of bands. It's been so long since uh, I've talked about Spokane music. Uh, you know, it's like a lot of the people that I've, I've known for over the last 10, 15 years are playing in bands now that I'm, I'm a bigger fan of now than I would have been when we were uh, peers in our, uh, our teens and our 20s. Uh, Perry Resch, um, Headless Heartless, uh, Ascending Divide, those are all bands that are going right now that I think nice. are really talented individuals that people should give a chance and uh as far as like uh you know old hardcore bands in town it's like they're kind of few and far between a lot of the stuff that my friends and i did i felt like a lot of other bands weren't doing so a lot of like hardcore punk bands i i picked up from seattle and portland scenes and uh just tried to get them to come to town uh spokane had a, a band called cause back in the 90s that was a, a, a pretty sick like hardcore punk band but it's just kind of kind of wasn't my scene and it was, uh, it was before my time unfortunately so you guys, uh, so you uh, touched on something interesting there, and uh, you 
try to get bands to come out to your uh, to to your part of uh, Washington to Spokane. You booked a lot of shows, and uh, I know Ian uh, Ian from Metal Shop. If you're listening, uh, he was in a band called Vanguard, and uh, you booked some Vanguard shows. Uh, what what gave you kind of you know the itch to just start booking shows? Because that's an interesting thing about hardcore and and punk and even some metal is that uh, you know the kids can book it themselves. It doesn't you don't have to be a booking agent on the professional level. Yeah. I mean, it started with, um, honestly, the first show I ever booked was an accident. My, my buddy who was playing in the band that I was in was, uh, booking the shows that we were doing and he, we didn't have a falling out, but he was no longer playing, <laughs> playing an instrument in the band. So yeah. he wasn't taking care of the show. And, uh, I, uh, I'm a little bit of a control freak, I think, in terms of uh, the things that I put my time and effort into. You know, like I want to, I want to be professional. I want it to be worth my time. I want it to be worth, uh, you know, everybody else's time to totally. invest and do it. So I, uh, I kind of just uh, picked up the show. I picked up advertising it, and I just took care of door, and uh, it, it went from there. I just started asking bands that I wanted to see. Just period. And, you know, if I could ask American Nightmare and Converge to play in my town in in 2005, you know, believe me, I, I would have. But uh, I just didn't. I, I, I made do with what I, I had. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Vanguard. Vanguard. I love. Vanguard was awesome. They were a great band to have in Spokane. Uh, uh, the Helm and Owen Hart and uh, all those bands that all those guys have done from day one. Uh, Brian Skiffington, Jay. Uh, Tim, you know, all those dudes, uh, Jeffrey, school, yep. uh, yeah, Jeffrey, all, all those dudes, you know, I, I love booking all those bands for the years and, you know, I just use it as an excuse more than anything is to like play with bands that I felt that were like-minded to what I was doing with my band, which is kind of what we're doing now. You know, I, it's no different anymore. I, I just want to play shows with people that I, uh, I want to give my time to. How, uh, if someone's listening right now and, and they want to do that too, and, and they want to book a show, like what's uh what's some advice you would give them? Well, uh, be willing to just spend money because unfortunately <laughs> that's just a reality. Yeah. If you uh, if you want to ask a band to play your town, you got to make it worth your while. Otherwise, they're not going to come back to your town, and they're going to tell all their friends not to come to your town because you didn't you know you didn't hook them up, you didn't take care of them. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would just—I would say—if you want to book a band, see if you can get one band. Find a venue before you do that, and if it's a bar, try to keep it to no more than three bands on that bill because uh, people have jobs and life, and they don't want to be—they don't want to go to a fest every night of the week, you know. Absolutely, I like two, three, four band shows. Uh, you know, occasionally I'll. I'll hey, if, uh, if, if, if we can get away with two band bills more more regularly, I, I would love to do that. But I feel like people prefer to have three. How about just one? An evening with Alex Boston and Graying. Oh my God! I would I'd be terrified that I would bore everybody to be totally <laughs> Two sets: an acoustic and then a spoken word slash um, Q and A. The the acoustic stained break mid set, yeah. I'm yeah. feeling those lighters. <laughs> yes, yes. You can be my friend Durst. Oh. That's a turn on, man. Okay, so uh, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit here about like the first band you were in. So was the first band you were in uh, Behold, or were you in projects before that, dude? 
Oh my god. So the first band I was in Uh-oh. was called Go for Broke. Oh yeah, so I remember I, Go for Broke. And then Suck a Punch. I would I would I, yeah, I would be remiss to say that uh, it was not called uh, Suck a Punch first. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, we did, you know. It's it's the uh, the dumb, you know, bad three chord progression hardcore riffs and yeah. uh, uh, you know, just uh, get get your feet wet, figure out what you're doing. You know, I was talking to my wife about it the other day and the first time I ever yelled in front of people my my knees just started shaking so crazy. It was so hard to stand up and uh, and now it's just like it's just getting so nervous. <laughs> what to go home when I got my kids. So uh, when everyone, your friends were picking up instruments and wanted to play music, did you ever think like, I'm going to be a guitarist, I'm going to be a drummer? Or did you always say like, I, this is what I have to offer, I can sing? Like what, what made you decide like you're going to just do the, the singing thing? Because that's what you've done for all the bands that you've been in. I never really decided. I mean, I know that I, I always paid attention to vocalists and front men, but I also paid a lot of attention to guitar players and bass players. I, I, when I was a kid, I thought I would learn how to play guitar and I would just be this in shred master. You know, yeah. like my, my mom, uh, my mom raised me listening to Stevie Ray Long. So it's just like, I thought, you know, I, I'm just going to just raise City and Zach Wilde, you know, like I'll be this, this guitar god, but uh, I never learned how to play an instrument. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> So, no, uh, yeah, first time I was ever at a band practice, I was just hanging out with my buddies, and uh, they were taking a break, and somebody told me to try yelling into the microphone, and I did it. Just went from there. Nice, dude, and and, and that's how Sucker Punch started. That's how Sucker Punch started, yeah. Amazing. And then, so, after Go For Brokes uh, ends, you, you play in a band called Behold, and you guys were certainly a lot more like... Uh, I don't know, melodic and, and dark and brooding and uh, more of the, like, I don't know. I If I remember, I haven't listened to them in a, quite a while, but it reminded me kind of like Coliseum meets... Uh, were you guys D-beat at all? I mean, it was definitely just the style for the time, that kind of dark, hardcore style. Kinda like Cursed-ish, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of... A lot of that was um, my, my buddy James... Uh, who played guitar in um, Go For Broke. He actually played guitar in uh, one of those early Spokane bands I talked about called Barely Burning. Okay, yeah. And uh, he's just a super talented dude. Just had, he just had a really good ear for playing music mm-hmm. just naturally with melody and everything. So uh, we hooked up with our buddy Chris, who was more of a metal drummer. Yeah. He had been playing in a punk band called The Dead One. So he'd already kind of been in a place where he'd had all of his wires crossed and switched around to try to do something different from what he was used to. Uh-huh. And he turned us on to bands like Envy and Tragedy. And James and I just, I remember that first summer we did the whole, we just kind of listened through all of that stuff. Uh, Yesu and Pelican were just kind of starting to take off at that uh-huh. time. Yeah. We were never, we were never, uh, I would say, talented enough musicians to do that level of uh, that level of songwriting. But we did what we could and made do with what we with what we had. And it's interesting because at this point now you're a total stoner. But uh, it, it seems like you were playing kind of like stoner music. But at the time, you guys were all straight edge. Yeah, I mean, Chris, Chris wasn't straight edge, but the the other the other three people that were in the band were. I you know I I didn't break edge so. 
uh, almost in my 30s. So it was just, uh, yeah, a lot of repressed emotions from yeah. men. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a tale of oldest time, unfortunately. <laughs> so you so get it out the ways that you can <laughs> instead of having a, a unhealthy uh, coping mechanism. Fair enough, man. Um, so, uh, behold, you guys are a band for, I don't know, what, five, six years? You guys do a little bit of touring, and you put out some records. Um, did you guys ever put an official, like, uh, album out? I feel like you guys put out a bunch of demos, right? And EPs? Yeah, we uh, we were a band for three years. Oh, okay. We only did... I think we only did. Uh, um, uh, we tried to do a couple West Coast, but had uh, had problems. So we, yeah. we did anything ever too crazy, and uh, you know, it's like I, I, I'm really proud of that time now that I can look back on it. But it's like I, I didn't really uh, necessarily feel like it was uh, uh, a huge deal, and I, it's kind of cool now to have you know uh, I'll meet people once in a while and have them talk about it as being like something as us being a local band for them being a young kid so it's definitely a cool thing to like kind of reflect back on but uh yeah it was only three years so it's it's kind of cool to see the the impact that it's kind of had on our our local community out there um but no we never never had anything official um we had some label interests but we just unfortunately kind of fell apart when we needed to be following up on that uh, so from there, did you guys take, did you, so when you guys broke up, um, did you take a break from music or did, was it just straight into losing skin from that point? Cause, uh, you know, it just seems like you kind of always stayed busy with music, at least in my opinion, maybe just yeah, from the outside. Uh, uh, a, a little bit. I, um, I started playing in a band that had already been active called whale and I did a, I did a a release with them and I met um, the guitar player Chase from that band yeah. who we ended up starting losing skin together and that was uh, dude that was like hey man you know what's really cool integrity let's mm-hmm. just be integrity let's start a band that is integrity so that was uh, that was just how that happened we, uh, it was at the end of Behold when we started playing together yeah. so it was that same year uh, 2009 that Behold broke up that we started losing skin and then uh, that I mean losing skin is uh, it's a beast that will uh, it's not dead it's, uh, oh not, really we're not done we're just uh, we're just not uh, together, you know. We're not around each other at the moment. So. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I uh, maybe I should bust out my losing skin hoodie and my losing skin hat and uh, do a little moshing. Uh, you guys were. You guys played some Slayer covers at Rainfest. Uh, I do remember that. Um, you guys did some a Life of Agony cover. I think you guys have played Integrity covers. Uh, what's one band with Losing Skin that you think, if you were to resurrect the band, uh, you think you guys could pull off? I want to do Suzy Sue, dude. Like, that was the end of the band. That was what I was pushing for. I, nice. I know the song. Like, yeah. As long as those guys are uh, willing to put up with my my harebrained ideas as the uh, the not traditional metal guy of the group, then uh, I think they can do some pretty good stuff. Uh, so, losing skin, um, you guys do a little bit of touring, and 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 actually a fair amount more than behold um you guys go down to the west coast a lot and uh you know um was it just kind of like uh the you guys like left uh you know are in different places as far as like your lives or uh, what kind of put a hiatus on the band yeah so three of us ended up having kids ah, fair one enough. of us ended up 
uh, moving to Hawaii for school. Wow. You know, just real life. So it's like, it's, it's not necessarily like we, we ended it uh, on a on a note of uh, indifference. It's just, um, I, I like to think of it as being an, an open door sort of policy. Uh, we played a, a last show with our bassist before he moved. Okay. But uh, if, if he ever, if he came back and those guys wanted to get together, I, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to it. It's just, uh, I just kind of go with slow, man. Like I, I'm, I'm down to give my time and energy to, to uh, whatever is going to give that uh, energy back to me. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And and um, that's a, you know, from there. Uh, I mean, as far as the Alex Boston timeline, your your, your life kind of changed a lot from there. I mean. You, you had a kid and how what's a what's a couple ways that changed you man I, I'm, I'm sure it changed you I, I obviously have never had a child but uh did that you know how did that change you man I, I mean I'd say having a kid has been the best thing that has happened to me in my life I, it's the thing that has uh, awakened me to the person that I truly you know strive to be yeah so I, I like playing music. Losing skin just came to a point where it just wasn't very fun to devote my time to it when the payoff was hanging out with my friends and, you know, drinking beer and partying or hanging out. And it's just like, that's just not what I, I, I want out of music. So yeah. when my, my daughter came into my life, it was just... Uh, you know, I, I like creating things. I like bringing things into existence. I like being able to hold something in my hand that I physically made. So, so to have like a human being that is <laughs> you physically made it, yeah, to, yeah, receptive to like my thoughts and ideas and the things I have to say and have questions for me. It's just like it is the ultimate sacrifice of time and patience, but it's also like the most rewarding thing I think that I've uh, I've accomplished in my life. What's uh what's some she's into? Does she like uh does she like the crazy music you and your mom uh you you and her mom you and her mom your wife what uh that you guys play or you guys play pretty chill music she, around her? Oh, she loves everything right now. Um, you know we're uh, we're a Spotify family, so they'll you know they'll tell you they'll give you little briefs or whatever on certain things. But uh, she uh, she clocked in on my wife's Spotify account as uh, being in the top two percent of baby metal fans. Ooh, in, uh, I met them. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, they're they are awesome. She loves them. Yeah, dude, she um, needs yeah, to watch. She, uh, she loves baby metal. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Agret Suko. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah. Ja- yeah, Jackie loves it. She, we've watched it. Okay, okay, it. okay. She loves baby metal. She's been uh, on an aqua kick okay. lately. But just that, uh, Shout out just John Pollock. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, she's uh, she's really loved telling me this week that uh, Papa's music is is boring. <laughs> Poppy? No. Papa's music is boring. Oh, okay. Uh, has she? Tra- no, no. Poppy, Poppy. I, I tried, I tried showing her, but uh, it's a little, little more adult than baby metal is, unfortunately. Poppy is like advanced baby metal, dude. Yeah, dude. If if, if it wasn't for the lyric content, uh, I'd probably be playing it a little more. Although, although she she straight up was just like, "This is boring. I want baby metal." Like, Fair enough. I mean, she's four. She can. She's uh, she's articulate enough to tell me what she wants. Yeah. 
She knows what she likes, but, dude. But, but she likes she she, uh, she likes Papa's band. She likes Dad's band. It's cool. Nice, dude. So she likes graying. So that's dope, dude. She get her in the pit. Um. So from <laughs> from kind of like you know Dad life. Uh, was there any reservation of like you know because once I, I'm assuming once you have a kid, you're you're more like aware of how much time you're spending like away from your kid, right? Like, uh, were you ever? Did you ever think like, man, I don't know if I can I can do another project and put things, you know, your time into another band, or were you just like you needed that um, you needed that release? I'm and I'm kind of putting yeah, words into I mean, your mouth, but I'm I'm just kind of assuming that no, 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 I absolutely uh, we had we had our daughter and um, we uh, we weren't active with losing skin. We had um, you know, unfortunately, if you're a band for a prolonged period of time, you lose and gain a lot of members, and that is just a a really hard hurdle to want to get over again and again so by the time we had our daughter losing skin had kind of slowed down and i i was just straight up with those guys like this is we were trying to get pregnant at the time it wasn't an accident or anything so i was just outright like hey this is where my life is going so i don't know if i'm gonna have time to do this but if you guys are down to do it I'll, I'll give you my time when I've got it available. And, uh, those, you know, those other guys went and did their own things and lived their own lives. And, um, I just found myself not really having any interest in playing music. I, uh, I started drawing a lot. I yeah. started doing dumb post-it note drawings of wrestlers and trying to post those, you know, once a day as often as I could. And I just tried to put my energy into something that like could be my own. I never learned how to play an instrument and I would be the last person to consider myself a musician because I, I, I love playing music and I love being creative, but uh, I can't write a song to save my life. So <laughs> um, I just, uh, when we decided to start playing music with grain, it was on the condition of like, I'm a... Uh, I'm not a small business owner, but I'm part of a family business. So I, you know, I make my own schedule on my own boss. So it's like, that takes up a lot of my life period. Yeah. And that takes a lot of my time away from my family. So playing music kind of gets lost to the wayside as, you know, life moves on and the older I get. And the reason we started kind of doing stuff with Grang is because of familiarity. Chris and I are friends and uh, he played drums in Behold. He played drums uh, in the uh, later years of Losing Skin and mm-hmm. started playing drums and grain because we wanted to do a project together. Yeah. And uh, we just got together with our friend, uh, our friend Will and it was in my basement and then it was uh, in our friend's base or in our basis basement, and then it was in my garage. You know, it's just it's a it's a it's a band of convenience, and uh, it's definitely taken a few years to get going, and it's taken a few years to uh, uh, I guess rekindle my uh, my fire for music for sure. But um, it's a it's a it's a good balance right now. So you, uh, you know, I got to note, I've kind of noticed that it's uh, a, a little bit, I mean, it's still technically like hardcore metal music. It's it's very aggressive, but it, it's a little bit more rocking, like uh, maybe some alternative rock influence there. Is that right? 
yeah, I mean, that's that's what I would love to hear from people to hear. You know, so I, I have always had a hard time describing the music I play, so I, I you know, I appreciate you doing it for me. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I grew up listening to ACDC was my dad's like number one favorite band, and yeah. uh, much like the Misfits, uh, they have not aged well uh, lyrically. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I still love that music, and I, I want people to listen to our band and uh, come to a show and feel like they had a good time, and yeah. they got to dance around and bang their head and drink their beer and uh, just forget about their problems for a little bit. So yeah, I, I would, I would definitely go with the, the rock part. That's awesome, man. Uh, it's cool to see that you're, you're 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 doing music on your own terms. You're doing art on your own terms, and. Um, Let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about wrestling because I know that's you know maybe you don't watch WWE as much lately but what's uh how did you become a fan of wrestling like what was the first memory of watching wrestling was it like with your dad on your dad's lap or something or Attitude Era when was the first time you uh you know got into the the sport of kings yeah i mean um my brother was 10 years older than me and uh i just you know it was on tv as i was a kid definitely lots of early wwf i, I want to say it's uh rumble 93 uh when they uh the poster has the uh painted uh art of all the wrestlers kind of walking oh hell yeah the, uh, yep Beer, you know, um, so it's like I, I vividly remember, you know, like that kind of stuff. I want to say like my first like conscious memory of like, oh man, I got I got to watch this pay per view. Uh, was uh, I can't remember which SummerSlam. I think it's the SummerSlam, but it's the uh, it's the uh, Boiler Room Brawl between Mankind and Undertaker. Oh yeah, and I just remembered I just remembered watching the uh, the lead up to the pay per view, and they there was a pool. And uh, a bunch of wrestlers were in the pool, and Sonny was with Todd Buttongill, and I was like, man, this is so awesome. I want to watch the show. And somebody took a turd in the pool, <laughs> and uh, T.L. Hopper, Hopper had to jump in, and uh, he grabbed it out and took a big old bite of it because it was a candy bar. And I was just like, Mom, Mom, please, please, can we order this? Please. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's where it started. Uh, did you ever have uh, Did you ever have any memories of like wrestling action figures and stuff, or like wrestling T shirts? What were the, What was the first merchandise from wrestling that you ever purchased? Yeah, so my mom didn't like uh, was not a big fan of wrestling the further into the attitude era that it got. So she was never uh, she didn't want to buy me merch like clothing wise, but she'd buy me she'd buy me toys. I had you mean those, she uh, didn't want to buy you the suck it T shirt? Come on, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. I had so many bookmarks on on uh, on my computer uh, during that time of WWE shop of like DX football jersey, The Rock football jersey. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Just, uh, but no, uh, uh, she uh, she bought me action figures. You know, I grew up with like GI Joes and Ninja Turtles, so that was no big deal. So I had uh, I had plenty of. You know, random JoJo action figures. The ones I hold, held on to, though, were those, uh, I think they were Jack's. Bone uh, crunching. They sweat. You could, oh. you could fill them with water. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I had a, I had an Undertaker, I had a Mankind, and a Rock. And uh, I still got them. I actually, I actually uh, gave them to my daughters. So. Nice. So... 
you're not just a surface level wrestling fan though because uh, you mentioned there uh, just a couple minutes ago that you do uh, you manage an account called El Hijo de Chipo Grosso uh, and uh, that's where you post some some post-its and uh uh, you've got quite a collection now, and I think you have a lot of, Im, you know, kind of influencer followers, uh, actual wrestlers uh, themselves uh, follow you. So uh, what have been some of your favorite uh, post-its, and have you ever sold one to a wrestler themselves? I mean, not that I know of. Uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll see somebody like something, or, or yeah. like I'll get a re- repost from somebody, and that's super cool. But, like, I, I, I try to, like, you know, check my head once in a while because it's like these are people that are I, I see a lot of parallels between independent music and independent wrestling so oh, like, sure. I appreciate the sport and everything but it's like I, I don't want to I don't want to get a big head about it but um, I, I love drawing dumb weird and mm-hmm. wrestlers are great at making dumb faces and, and just being characters so it's like it's a it's a good pairing I, I think all my favorites are, are, are masked wrestlers personally oh yeah a lot of luchadors a lot of uh, uh, Japanese wrestlers uh, Jushin Thunder Liger Pentagon Jr like those have been my favorite um, I've sold a couple of post-its to just like friends or like people on Etsy the, the mm-hmm. only one that I can say is like kind of weird is uh, I had a dude who was, uh, he was like a higher up at 3M, which is the company that produces post-its. Oh, yeah. And uh, he he bought uh, my original Bold Nikana one that I uh, that I did. Unfortunately, I kind of wish I hadn't sold it, because that was like one of my favorite ones that I did, but but yeah, that was uh, I, that was probably one of the cooler ones. And then um, I, I don't know, I don't want to name drop or anything, but I did sell some stuff to Chris Hero a while ago. So. Whoa! The oh no oh no oh no oh yeah <laughs> the Chris Hero man uh that's awesome dude uh so people can follow you on Instagram for that and and um how what got you deeper into like the nerd wrestling hole of it and and um you know because because you, you know you just name dropped some some wrestlers like uh, El, uh Pentagon and and Jushin Thunder Liger and Bull Nakano if people are just casual like Attitude Era fans or something like that they might not know those names but uh like what got you deeper into the rabbit hole that is like like indie and international wrestling um was it was there I a mean, certain moment that got just... you into it Part of it was just uh, being on the internet mm-hmm. in uh, the time that we are. You know, it's like a, I I worked a office job for a long time before I started screen printing, and, and um, man, it was boring. And I had a lot of time to kill and yeah. a lot of time to look at Wikipedia. And uh, I just remembered one day, um, I you know, I never I never necessarily stopped having an interest in wrestling, but I definitely had a period of time where I didn't watch. But I would always rent. Raw or SmackDown for you know PS2 or or uh, whatever system I had, and I had to keep current on on rosters and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I uh, I started downloading shoot interviews and yeah. Wikipedia pages and reading about you know the aftermath of WCW or WCW closing and TNA yep. opening and. Uh, the independent wrestling community thriving in the early and mid two thousands at a time when I was totally unaware of it to now where it's, you know, you can hop on Twitter or Instagram and be exposed to it up to the second. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a sports guy. 
I uh, I never was in my life, but I like professional wrestling. It's uh, it, uh, it's just a fun escape and uh, a cool little world to kind of analyze, I guess. But I, I try not to be one of those fans that's like you know super negative with their opinion. So yeah, I, I just uh, I, I'm very much like if you enjoy what you enjoy, just. Uh, just uh, try not to step on anybody else's toes. So I, I like to, you know, there's a period of time where I really like Jim Cornette too, but <laughs> I don't think I'd be big, you know, hanging out with him now. Double chase. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Oh man. Are you kidding me? You're just gonna, just gonna throw that on me. Yeah. I don't know where like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely Ric Flair's up there. Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Too. I don't know. It's like, I, I think wrestling is really cyclical. And depending on your interest level and when you grew up or when you want to pay attention to it, it's kind of like. Josephus? You know. I mean, I wouldn't. Hey, hey, man, I love this. I love some Josephus. I, uh, I appreciate the work the man the man puts in, but I wouldn't be putting him on a Mount Rushmore. No, Richie Steamboat. No, no, no. Uh, Richie Steamboat. Yeah, no. Wes Briscoe. No, I don't think so. No, man, I, I wouldn't go that old. I'd say Flair. I'd say uh, I'd say Dusty. I'd say, I mean, I, you got to say Austin, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Did you see that awkward segment uh, with Baron, with, uh, with Byron Saxton? Dude, I watched the first SmackDown. I watched a couple of segments on YouTube. I watched that Gulak and uh, um, Daniel Bryan segment, or maybe Daniel Bryan was wrestling somebody else. But yeah. no, I haven't watched any of it. It looks kind of awkward. It looks awkward. I don't want to watch it. It's the Eric Andre. I already don't. Dude, I already don't want to watch three hours of Raw. I don't want to watch a weird three hours of Raw. Like Get ready. AEW, AEW, I was already interested in. I was already watching. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but it's like that was what was catching my interest. And at least they put the other performers out yeah. there. And like I said, hopefully nobody gets sick. Hopefully nothing gets in those locker rooms. But damn, that was a much better show, in my opinion. Get ready for seven hours of it with WrestleMania. How? How are they going to do that? <laughs> it's over two nights, bro, and Gronk's going to be the person. Uh, he's going to be the uh, the host. But how are <laughs> they going to produce seven hours of television, man? How are they? I don't even. Hey, for real, I canceled my WWE subscription months ago. Like, like I'm just saying, like it's it's not like this. It's not like been this sudden thing. It has been a slow <laughs> decline of interest, and I'm just like, I got to cut the cord. I'm over this. You're over it. Uh, okay. Well, you, you unless won't... you want to give me your login, I'm not going to remember. Maybe, maybe I'll give you my login. We'll see. We'll, we'll we got we got we got to trade we got to trade some stuff. Uh, give me your. Uh, oh, uh, dude, I want to I want to send you a care package. I've been meaning to hit you up about. Ooh, what do you got for me? Hey, I got plenty of old dandy to get rid of. Come on. Yeah. I got bootlegs galore, right? So that's something that we can't talk about, right? <laughs> bootlegs? Yeah. So, uh, you. I mean, I mean, we can talk about it to a degree. So uh, there's an underground world of uh, pro- prohibition-like uh, traders of uh, unlicensed merchandise known as bootlegs, and uh, you've been yeah. you've been known to dabble 
in uh, some bootleggery? I would say 90% of my wardrobe in my closet right now is made of T-shirts that I made myself of bands that I have not been in. Yes. Uh, so how, how, uh, what made you decide like, Hey dude, just screw it. I'm just going to, cause you're good at Photoshop. You like bands and a lot of bands don't make t-shirts that, uh, that really either fit you right. Or, you know, they just don't make cool designs anymore or something. Right. You just, so was, was that it's usually, yeah, I mean, it's, it's usually just the sheer fact of like not existing more often not for me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I like making stuff for myself and for my friends, but I gave up the ghost on trying to sell bootlegs in mass to people because that that uh, it just doesn't bring anything good into your life. And there's, there's plenty of Instagram bootleggers now that are going to find out the hard way, just like I did. That's a that's a good point, dude. And uh, I have purchased some bootleg shirts on Instagram, and I feel like there was a point there where I was getting like four shirts. Uh, four shirts a week, man. It was it was hard. I had to unfollow some accounts just because I would. There was just I just have so many shirts. Um, have you gotten any cease and desists? Just I mean, just the ones that made me not want to do it anymore. And uh, they're a uh, they were a metal band that is known to be very outright and litigious. They are no longer together, but uh, it sucks. Uh, you know, it's like I, not not only did it suck because it's like. Hey, it feels to you that like this band that you like that like you're making a t-shirt for because you want one is like pissed at you. But then it's also like, hey, I gotta I gotta pony up because I did it and I gotta pay up, you know. So oh, you had to pay up. Um, I, I, oh yeah, they, they they they. I mean, as far as I know, they donated all the money that they got from bootleggers to charities. Like that was something they were known to do. I'm sure if you know anything about metal music, you probably know who I'm talking about. That's yeah. Fine. Uh, but no, I've I've had I've actually had other bands who I did boot <laughs> I bootlegged uh, a shirt for um, uh, Killing Time or not Killing Time. Uh, I want a Killing Time shirt. By, hey, uh, you know, hit me up. Bright side, baby. Uh, no, we, I did the one for Kissing Goodbye, and uh, the one of those dudes ended up hitting me up and asking me if I could just straight up print that shirt for them for uh, a reunion. Uh, uh, Oh, reunion show that's amazing that, that they were doing or as a tour i can't remember hey you got yourself so you got yourself a client out of it yeah there you go exactly no i i i, uh, I like printing shirts and uh, i think it's a, a really cool thing that uh, a lot of people have found that they can do and a lot of people realize just like i do that it's easy to find artwork on the internet and slap it on a t-shirt and get people to give you some money for it but um I would just suggest uh, doing original stuff, so you don't need to worry about uh, somebody coming to collect for you. Well, that's a that's a thing, man. Is uh, you are a printer, um, not and and we're not just talking bootlegs. You print for you know uh, your own bands, for other bands. You print for you know uh, regional soccer clubs. Yeah, just, like you, you, you're yeah, you're a say, my my uh, my clients are more professional usually more often than not. Music is not really uh, what I touch anymore in terms of my yeah. life. So so I uh, we I follow you on Instagram. Sometimes you're just like you are in a sea of t-shirts. Um, it's, it just looks like it's a, it's a very, very, very busy job, but, um, what got you into screen printing, man? And, uh, and uh, how long have you been doing it? 
Uh, well, funny enough, it was being in bands that got me into screen printing. Um, I was doing Behold, and my uh, my mom has a uh, a full service design and ad agency. Yeah, and um, she uh, she brought me on when I was just fresh out of high school, and I learned how to design and do websites and. She does uh, media buying and radio ads and all sorts of junk. And just one day, I made an offhand comment about, um, you know, we uh, we do we were doing T-shirt designs all the time for events and everything. And yeah. I just made an offhand comment about having a uh, a one screen setup, just building a DIY setup and doing a one screen setup for my own band stuff. And uh, she took that as initiative. It was, it was investing in a, a four color press. Yeah, and, uh, it just went from there. It just went from there. Now we're uh, we've got uh, two presses and a direct garment printer, and uh, uh, we're uh, we're looking to uh, move into a new setup. And yeah, I mean it's uh, it's I love it. It's you, you got to find what you you uh, like doing in life, and I like being a designer and a printer and uh, bringing things into reality that people want manufactured for them. You know. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, uh, what of uh, what uh, what are you what are you working on right now? I'm I'm sure it's just like some local companies or some local events or is there? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, real life has kind of affected us all. I mean, I, I don't know what your your work life has been like, but uh, we um, we just were in the middle of a, a pretty good season for a, a, a wrestling. Uh, youth wrestling tournament that we usually do. Yeah, you can't be doing that with COVID, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, they had to call the rest of their season off, but it's like, you know, it's like I I got to print... I think uh, 18 teams worth of apparel nice. for like you know little kids and uh, man that's fun I, I love seeing like a, a youth extra small t-shirt with a print on it because it's just like uh, you know I, I like to think of like how stoked that kid's going to be to get his uh, his wrestling t-shirt so at least he got that out of his uh, his wrestling season you know absolutely man and uh, that's cool man that's uh, it's cool that you're, you're uh, you know you're doing music again uh, you're you're in daily you're doing something creative uh and and you know obviously it's like a production job so it's a lot of the same thing over and over and over again but at least there's a uh there's a creative element to it and uh you get to see like an actual tangible product that you make um so that's awesome yeah, I mean, uh, I, it's it's a really rewarding thing to just uh, have a, a start to finish production, whether it be making a T-shirt or a button or a sticker or you know, uh, whatever. You know, it's like a, a just today I uh, I packed orders for you know a Etsy stores that we manage, and I had to direct a garment print. Uh, a t-shirt and then was backing it up with uh, all the accoutrement and sending it off uh, this afternoon it's like uh, it's just uh, it's just uh, puts my mind at ease you know it's a, it's a nice thing to do absolutely it also keeps you you know active and keeps you you know busy and stuff uh i know i uh in my job i do shipping and receiving and it's just my day job but it's uh you know with a lot of craziness going on right now i uh 
it helps me to keep me busy. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a little bit my mind. Uh, that's why I'm podcasting, to be honest. Like, uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, the metal shop and loud and local are on hiatus right now because we really actually can't go into the radio station. Everything's on lockdown. So I told myself, like, I'm going to set up a podcast studio in my room and I'm just going to talk to my friends and talk to musicians and talk to people that uh, have a lot of time on their hands, too. Uh, and uh, keep myself yeah, I, keep myself busy and keep my mind occupied. I think that's good. It's trying to have some semblance of normalcy when the the world does not want to be normal, you know. So, uh, what uh, what are your opinions about what's going on right now? Like, I mean, what are our opinions worth, anyways, about that? Like, what uh, what are some things you've noticed about your community? Is there any um, is there any positives that you can see as kind of um, unfortunate? silver linings uh do you think that there's going to be anything positive coming from this or uh is it too too early to see that for you i mean i'd like to think that there's always something positive that's going to come out of anything um you know i i a lot of the reason i got into hardcore and punk when i was growing up is because i'm i'm from a part of washington that is not of my political or personal uh, you know, uh, moral views and opinions in life. So, yeah. You know, Eastern Washington can be very conservative and can be very, uh, you know, outright with their uh, flawed opinions uh, when it comes to you know, my viewpoint. So um, I think that this is a period of time where I would like to think, you know, that a lot of people are maybe taking a second to reflect and appreciate things that they have in their life. And maybe, you know, check in with family members that they don't make, you know, regular time for anymore. But I I also want, you know, like, have I been personally affected by any of the, uh, you know, world at large right now? No. But I care about my family. I care about my mom. I care about my dad. You know, I'm, I'm in my 30s. My parents are not evergreen my parents are are uh getting older and older every year and they are more susceptible and more affected by this so if i can do my part to prevent them being affected or even uh my grandma my my daughter's great grandma from being affected or my co-workers and their family you know I, i think it's best to be responsible and i think it's best to just um take it easy and if you're in a place where you can be safe with your family then just enjoy that for as much as you can and hopefully you've got toilet paper and uh, some food to eat you know but not too much toilet paper or not too much food to eat because <laughs> no no I, I do mean genuinely I hope you have toilet paper <laughs> exactly you know Ian he got a bidet Dude, you know, I was just telling Jackie about that. Like, I we want to do it. You know, the whole thing, the whole talk before all this this nonsense happened was we're going to get our tax return. We're going to get a bidet. It's going to be great. Well, we'll see, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's being stocked literally anywhere before you can buy one. Exactly. There. I don't know, man. Um, last question before we go into a graying song: Is it bong? Is it blunt? Is it joint? Is it pipe? What's your What's your uh, method of of uh, inhalation? Prefer bong all the way, uh, preferably with a, a very large bowl. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I'll go pipe. After, I'll, I'll go pipe after that. Uh, 
man, joints and blunts are hard for me. That's a lot to smoke all at one time for me personally. So. All right. So, uh, Alex, is there anything uh, you want to shout out? Uh, you you want to have anyone, uh, you know, follow your band? How do we find your band? How do we find your art? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can find my band on uh, Instagram at Graying Band on Bandcamp, uh, graying.bandcamp.com. And you can find my art on Instagram, El Hijo del Chipo Grosso, or on Twitter at Chipo Grosso. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to Google any of the other bands I've looked at, I've uh, shouted out or I've said, my other bands, Behold, Losing Skin, you can find all that stuff. Um, if you want to look me up on Spotify, follow me for uh, playlists and stuff. I'm always uh, too, so. right on, man. Uh, what's one band that people need to check out before we go into one of your graying songs? Like one band you would suggest people, uh, I know you're always getting into some weird, cool stuff. I've been listening to a lot of Northwest stuff lately. The Helm put out a seven-inch, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if you look them up, the Das Helm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all this stuff is great. I've been listening to my uh, um Bob, who uh, has been in lots of Northwest bands. He's got a couple of projects right now. One of them is called Thanks a Lot. Another one is called Head Phase. You can find both those on Spotify. Uh, listen to Power listen to Shook Ones if it's hardcore on top, you know? On top, baby. So we're going to go into a graying song. We're going to end this with a, a graying song. What's a song of your choice that you want to go into? Season of Separation. That's probably my favorite on the album. All right, man. Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for being my first home podcast recording. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, thanks for catching up. I miss you. I miss you too, man. I'll talk to you soon. And uh, you know, stay inside, stay clean, uh, stay safe, and, and tell your family I said what's up. Okay.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.